Gabe Miller here, and I yeah, want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with us is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. specifically to help students be able to get there financially um, or as many of you have already done if you want to if you want to give online you can select from the drop down menu iClub retreat and every bit of that is going to sponsor students to be able to go on the retreat and so we can't say thank you enough for being so generous with your giving and uh, even in situations like this to help students be able to go and experience and encounter the presence of God it's just a powerful thing and then uh, in two weeks we're going to have our pure adventure event it's on October the 21st it's a Saturday from men, fathers, and their sons. And if you have not registered for this, we'd love for you to get registered. It's $95 for the father and son together. And that includes everything that day. It includes all of the food as well. And just to kind of give you a little glimpse uh, as to what you can expect if you're considering registering or you're wondering what this might look like, uh, we have this video for you. So take a look at the screen. Center of the relationship. We partner with churches and communities in North Texas and beyond, handling all of the heavy lifting, including both the gear and the grub. From dawn till dusk, we shoot paintballs, rifles, and arrows, while facilitating powerful conversations that help dads and sons relate to each other, talk to each other, and grow together. Each dad leads their son to become a confident, healthy young man ready to change the world. Each son hears his dad say something he'll never forget. I love you, and I'm proud of you. That's the Father's blessing, and it ends every pure adventure experience. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. As a dad and son invite God to bond them together for a lifelong relationship of respect and openness, a cord of three strands is formed, a cord strong enough to see a young man through the challenges of adolescence and ultimately manhood. Through a day of fun and feast, Pure Adventure creates an environment where that cord can be formed. A moment in time that impacts a lifetime. Visit pureadventure.com today to learn more. The adventure of a lifetime starts with a conversation. So if you're a father, with a son, um, or even if there's somebody that, that you take care of that you would love to take to this event, that's not out of the question. You can do that as well. But um, in your seat, uh, unless they were all gone, there's probably a card around you, or you can go to peeradventure.com, but there was a QR code on this little square card, and you can scan that, and it'll take you right to where, uh, where you can register and make it easy for you. But we'd love for you to be a part of that if you're a father and a son. Uh, it's going to be a great day here in two weeks on the 21st of October. So, we're looking forward to that, and uh, we want to take a moment, and normally we would pray for another church. Today, I want to do it a little bit differently. I want to pray for the nation of Israel, and many of you have been watching uh, the news. I know we were catching it even yesterday um, while I was in the middle of watching a football game. Uh, there was this breaking news that came through, and just everything that's going on there, and terrorism, and uh, bombings, and explosions, and, and all of the things, and we just want to lift them up. And uh, I don't know if you've uh, I don't know if you've ever read your Bible, but God cares a lot about Israel, and uh, and so we want to be about what God's about, Amen. And so today we're gonna we're gonna just lift them up and say a word of prayer for the nation of Israel. So will you bow your heads and let's do that, God? We thank you uh, the, for the freedom that we have to gather in this room and worship you, and and may we never take that for granted. And today we lift up the nation of Israel to you. Lord, you know exactly where they are and what they're walking through and, and everything that is transpiring there, even the things that we don't know about. Um, God, you know them. 
You know them intimately. You know them personally. And so, Lord, I pray that even during difficult times like this, God, I pray that even those that live there that don't have their heart turned toward you, that their heart would turn toward you during moments like this. Lord, that they would know you. And God, we thank you that you are strengthening them, that, you, that your will will be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, thank you for that. And today we have the opportunity to uh, hear from my favorite person on the planet. I think I say that every single time. But this is, uh, we, we talk about this often, that uh, we feel like the Lord uh, just kind of downloads these right now words, and she'll be sharing things with me, and then uh, from time to time, I just invite her and ask her, hey, will you, will you speak into our church, and will you share what God has been showing you and what he's put on your heart? And I'm telling you, it's powerful every single time, and I just want to honor her because there's so much that she does behind the scenes uh, she's a great wife, a great mom, and then uh, here in the church, there's so many things that her hand is in uh, that she has her fingerprint on uh, that we do here and that ministers to your kids in so many different areas, and so we honor you today, and so come on, will you put your hands together and welcome to the stage my wife, Amanda Miller! Well, good afternoon. It's afternoon, right? Kind of technically. I say I say morning, afternoon. It sometimes just when you get here early in the morning, it all blends. You know, the sun's out or it's not. I don't know. It just we're we're here. I'm excited to be here. I am thankful for this opportunity, um, and I do. I believe that God has just given me a word for you today. I am going to be changing things a little bit because how many we know. Um, we are a church that believes in the power of Holy Spirit, and we allow Holy Spirit to lead. And so while we were worshiping this morning, I felt like he changed a few things for me. And so if it does not match, if what I say does not match what they did, it's not because they didn't do their job right, because they did. Um, they did it well. I am just, there's some extra things um, and some things I felt led to change. So uh, as we were singing this, this song, More Than Able, I just believe not only for me, but for us as a whole, that we too often deny what God can do. Whether it's because of the time frame that we've waited, that we've quit believing for that loved one to come back to the Lord, that we've quit believing for that miracle, um, whatever it is, whether physical or spiritual, um, an addiction, that it doesn't matter, that there's not a time frame that God has to work within that he's more than able. And I pray that today our hearts will be encouraged, challenged a little, um, because there are some challenging things that I feel like that I was, I was to share. Um, but I believe that God does. He just wants to breathe uh, fresh life into us today. Amen? Well, we're going to start in Psalm 91.1. As I was preparing for this word, um, I was brought back to the first of the year, and our word for the year is dwell. And um, the scripture today, Psalm 91.1, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The, A the ESV says abide in the shadow. That whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow. Amplified says those who dwell will remain stable and fixed in the shadow of the Almighty. And the title of my message today is Living in the Shadow. And I just loved how this tied together with our word from the first of the year because I believe that as followers of Jesus, we're called to live in the shadow. And I'm sure many of you noticed if you've ever been in this building before, we've never had this cross here before. And we did that today because I kept getting a visual of, of the cross. And many times, you know, if anything, anything that's standing, I mean, you can see it. We cast shadows, Right. But what Jesus did on the cross, the cross, cast a shadow. And the power of who he is and what he did, we get to live under. And we get to walk in. But we get to choose to live in the shadow of the cross. And that's the title of my message today, Living in the Shadow. When we choose to dwell in the presence of God, when we rest and live in the shadow of the cross, we begin to be transformed in many ways. 
And I have five points for you today, but as I said, I felt led to change some things, and one of those were, these are statements that you're going to see on the screen, but I'm going to challenge you to ask a question. And not just the question for yourself, but ask Holy Spirit the question for yourself, about yourself. And the first one today, before I get started, I actually want to pray because I don't want this to be my words. I want Holy Spirit to speak in and through me. He knows what you need. And as I was down there, I was praying. I said, well, as I say every time, anytime I speak, that these are your sons and daughters. This is your church. These are your people. And you know what they need. So, God, we thank you for who you are. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that you sent to be a helper. I pray, Lord, that you speak through me today. God, that you speak to each and every person here today. You say what you want to say. You reveal what you want to reveal, Father. You love on them in the sweetest ways, Father. But God, where there may need be um, conviction, I thank you, Lord, for your loving conviction that you bring as well. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. And today we say we we want only Jesus, but we want all of you, Jesus. So just have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's the first thing. You choose surrender. And I would pose to you to just ask Holy Spirit, am I surrendering? Am I surrendering? Or is there an area of my life I'm not surrendering that I need to surrender? I was immediately reminded when this came to me, this first point of the beginning of the year with the word dwell, and one of the points that was made, that uh, Gabriel had made, was disciples deny. Mark 8, 34 through 35 says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. I believe that many times we're trying to hold on to the world, the things of the world, and our own fleshly desires rather than truly living a life surrendered to Jesus. That maybe today you came in here with heavy burdens and I would pose to you that God's yoke is easy and light. And that today you can lay those heavy burdens in the shadow of the cross, knowing it's way better in his hands than it is in yours. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Part of the example we're called to follow is how Jesus gave. He gave himself up, and thankfully, I'm not called to literally go die on a cross, but in so many ways I'm called to die to myself and to live a life in surrender to him, to live a life to make his name known. Each one of us are called to that, to make his name known, to help our kids know more about him. That's one of the reasons why we take this so seriously, what we do here at Impact and pouring into the next generation because they are the church that is going to come up and lead the way, and we want them to be more passionate and more aware of all that is available to them through the power of Holy Spirit beyond what we've ever seen or done. But the reality is God can do so much with a surrendered heart, and, and I believe that we're, we're often we're saying, God, I want you to have your way, but we're not living surrendered. God, I want you to have your way in my marriage, but you really need to fix him. I'm not surrendering my marriage to you. I'm going to tell you what you need to do within my marriage. When God knows better than we know what needs to happen. Our our job is to surrender. And maybe there's multiple areas you need to surrender today. I believe that many times it's hard for us to surrender because we tend to lean in and trust our own understanding more than we trust God's character. And so we stop surrendering parts of our life to God because, well, this is the way I'm understanding it, Lord. This is the way I'm seeing it. Rather than, I trust your character and you are faithful. So I surrender my life wholly and completely to you. I surrender every part of it. And this loved one that I'm believing for, it hasn't happened yet, but it's not time's up. because Just because it's not yet doesn't mean it's not ever. I saw this visual of... 
of the Dead Sea, and Gabriel shared this before, but he shared it in the frame of serving, which I believe is true. But I believe that we've become people as followers of Jesus that we almost live with this poverty mentality that I don't have enough energy, so I'm holding on to that. I don't have enough money, so God, you said give it, but I'm not. I don't, I, I don't have the time, so I'm not serving. And rather being people that are surrendered and fully obeying God, we're living like the Dead Sea where we're miserable on the inside and nothing can live there because we're not allowing what God's put inside of us to flow out of us. And God has put things within each and every one of us so that it can flow out, not stay there. And some of us maybe struggle with looking around and wanting the relationship that someone else has with the Lord, but you're not walking in surrender the way that they're choosing to. And so I would just post to you to ask him, is there some area of my life I need to surrender? The second thing is you see differently. And you can ask the Lord, is there an area of my life or is there a way that I need you to help me see differently? He shared this in the first service Jamie did, and at the end he prayed it, but I love how Holy Spirit does that because in the first service he didn't have a clue what I was talking about today. And Jamie stood over here and he literally quoted the scripture I'm about to read to you because that's the kind of God that we serve. The Holy Spirit can speak through one to another because he knows what we need. And it's in 2 Kings 6, 16 through 17. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What area of your life do you need to ask the Lord to open your eyes so you can see differently? so that you can see it, the, the miracle that's just on the other side, so that you can see the hope of what's to come. Viktor Frankl, after spending three years in a Nazi concentration camp, said, the people who were most likely to survive the brutality of the concentration camp were those that held on to purpose. They chose to see purpose. They chose to think about their life on the other side of the concentration camp and not just simply what was happening in the midst of it. Are you choosing to see purpose beyond the pain that you're in? I would encourage you today to not waste your storm. The reality is our testimony is our own responsibility. And when we walked through things, when we, when we experienced things, challenging things, that, that God is so faithful to help us see differently, and as we surrender to him, he will help us through. But our attitude about what happens in our lives, it, it really affects how we see things. Do we see lack or an opportunity for a miracle? Do we see struggle or an opportunity to grow through something? We need to decide as followers of Christ that we want to be more like Jesus and say, no matter what, not my will, but God's will be done and I, I thought about how Jesus he set this example he even cried out to God and said father take this cup from me but not my will but yours be done and we will never begin to go through what what Jesus went through but I believe in this life in this fallen world we go through hard stuff and it, it's hard to bring our hearts and our heads to the place that we say, not my will, but yours be done. And I don't believe that the heart that you're walking through is, is, is your plight that Jesus has just laid upon you. But I believe that he will use it for his glory. He will help you through it. That loved one, I just believe so strongly there's someone in here that you're believing for a loved one. And just allow him to show you the miracle that's on the other side. Not even picturing what they used to be, but God, what God's going to do with them in the future. Many times we feel like giving up in life because we can't see what God sees. It's, it's something Jamie mentioned on the first service at the end. He said, we can't see all the power he has. We can't see it. We can't even fathom it. Yet he holds so much power, and his power is at work in and through us. We can choose to believe.
God isn't mad at you when you struggle to believe or see. He wants to hear about it. He wants to love on you through it. He wants to help you through it. And I would encourage you, maybe you're in this room and you're struggling with that, that you go sit in a chair, in your room, wherever, and just talk to him and tell him how your heart's struggling. Tell him what's in your head. Allow him to love on you. In Luke 8, I believe the woman with the issue of blood had to choose to see different that day. It was her focus that changed things. It was her focus to choose to focus that moment on who Jesus was and what she knew he could do more than on her personal issue. Psalm 34, 5 says that those who look to him are radiant. She was, I believe she was radiant even before because she was looking to him. And even through your hardships, you can be radiant because you choose to look to him. I think that we often want God's presence and provision without making God and what he is saying a priority. May we not just be people that look at Jesus and God as a genie, and, but we desire to obey and seek him with all of our heart. I would encourage you to ask yourself, am I making God and what he says a priority with my time, with my marriage, with my family, with my habits? If we never learn to put God first in any of these areas, how can we come to him about a need he tried to meet through a priority we refused to set? And some of us in here, we're not obeying when God said, no, I want you to set this boundary. I want you to set this and make this a priority, make this a regular rhythm in your life. And then you're upset when God's like, I told you, but this is, do this. And there's a reason he's telling you to do it because he's trying to help you by setting that priority. And maybe that's what you even ask yourself, like, is there a priority you already told me to set that I need to go back and set? Our priorities determine our perspective. No matter what we are facing, God can help us see differently. What's so great about our God is he literally, he's just waiting for us to ask. Ask him to help you see differently. Ask him to help you surrender. The third thing is you stop. You stop. So the question I would pose to you to pose to Holy Spirit is what do I need to stop? Or is there something I need to stop? 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. As a child of God, we're being transformed and becoming like Jesus. And I believe this causes us to stop doing certain things. And it may be that, hey, the Bible doesn't clearly say to stop doing it, but if you feel a conviction in your heart and Holy Spirit said stop, then you stop. Because we, when we follow his voice, when we follow his way, there are things that he will call us to stop. And there may be things that you're called to start doing. But we listen 1 Corinthians 10.23, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Things may be permissible, but it doesn't mean they're beneficial. There are some things the Holy Spirit will lead you to stop because they aren't beneficial for you. There are things that I personally feel convicted about. That I, don't I mean, I don't walk around saying this is wrong because it may not be wrong for everyone, but I personally feel convicted about it. And so I don't do it. Because there's a reason Holy Spirit is convicting me about it. But I, I believe that it's time for us as followers of Jesus to just quit asking ourselves, is it okay? Instead, is this beneficial? Is this beneficial for my walk with the Lord? Is this beneficial for my family's walk with the Lord? Is this beneficial? It's not just about being permissible. Maybe it's permissible, but it could hurt someone. Maybe it's permissible, but it could be a stumbling block to someone. We're called to consider others. And the reality is, we said this on Vision Sunday, but our habits impact our heart. 
And the enemy knows if I can just start flipping little habits that you do right now, if I could just change that. Some of you in the room, you already know, you thought about the habits that you used to do and your walk with the Lord felt more steady when you were doing those things, but you've gotten out of the habit and it's impacted your heart and you can feel it. And you've been asking the Lord, I don't know, I don't know where I got off. Maybe ask him, is there a habit I quit that I need to start again? Our habits impact our heart. I mean, just real practical habits. Habits of spending time with the Lord. It impacts our heart. Who we choose to hang out with. How we're choosing to spend our evenings. A habit of working more and more hours. That impacts our heart in a negative way. Our habits impact our heart. You can choose to focus on God and making habits that will help draw you closer. Closer to Him. Closer to His heart. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed, but be transformed. And the reality is in here, it's easy to look transformed. But the question is, Monday through Saturday, do you look like you're transformed? Or do you look like everybody else at your workplace that you're using language like everybody else? You're gossiping like everybody else. But rather, we're called to live a different life. And this shouldn't be like, oh, it's exhausting. I can't do this and I can't do that. As we pursue him, he gives us strength and wisdom to stand and shine and do what we're called to do. Is it always easy? Absolutely not. But we are called to be transformed, not conformed. And there's just a few things in the stop, just some things that I believe that we... We need to stop doing. And one of those is stop hiding. When we suffer silently, we lose and Satan wins. I believe God uses broken people because it causes us to lean into him. And he, I don't, I don't believe, I'm not saying like, please don't misunderstand me. Like what I'm saying, even in the hard that I'm walking through, I'm not, God is breaking me. no. That's not what he's doing. I'm going to get to that in a minute, what he is doing. But he's not breaking us, but he uses us in our brokenness. And I believe that for many of us, that breakthrough is on the other side of our honesty. Just getting honest and real and stop hiding. Stop performing. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, we have been approved by God. So we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. That we become people that are more focused on relationships than our own achievements. I believe that in this culture, it's been so, it's so easy for us to get caught up in climbing the ladder and doing the next big thing and completing the next big project. And we've lost sight of people that God cares about deeply. Trying to meet our own goals. And, and those aren't bad things because I believe God's placed desires in our heart. But even Galatians 1.10 if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. That we care, we care about people, but we don't look to please them. We are here on this earth to please the Heavenly Father. And I literally, right before I walked up on this stage, because it is hard for me, because I, I want to make people happy, and some of the things that I put in here, it's not about your happiness. It's We're pursuing holiness, not happiness. <laughs> and so I have to remind my heart, God, I want to say words that are pleasing to you, not worried about what's pleasing to others. I always want to be an encourager. I love being able to encourage people, but I also want to be obedient. And so, yeah, that's what I'm going to continue to try to do. <laughs> The reality is God didn't call me to be important or Pastor Gabe to be important or you to be important, but he called us to be faithful. And when we are faithful in what God has called us to do, we do important things. If we would be less focused on being important and saying the, the important things, the, the special things instead, no, I'm just focused on being obedient and God, you will make me about the things that really matter. That we stop comparing. We embrace and appreciate how God made us. I can appreciate someone else's calling, but I have to walk in my own, and you do too. And when we compare to someone else, it, we completely lose sight of what God's called us to do personally. 
Galatians 6, 4 through 5, examine your own actions so you can be proud of your own accomplishments without comparing yourself. And the last thing I believe we're called to stop is to stop standing and start stepping. Psalm 37, 23 through 24, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The King James Version says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And what I love is how God is. I had this where we stop standing and we start stepping. And then we were at this conference and I heard the pastor say, he said, it says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, not the standing of a righteous man. And when he said that, I was like, yes, Lord, you bless, you make firm the, sta- the steps of the righteous man. So if right now, don't get me wrong, things that the Lord calls us to do, sometimes they can feel that we're often in over our head, but at the same time, maybe right now you've been praying, Lord, I need you to help me, and God's up there going, take a step, go for it. Take a step, one step, and then I'll show you the next thing. But, but we're often just leaning more into our own understanding and what we want to see before we take the step instead of just obeying. Closed minds never walk through open doors because a closed mind is busy judging doors that are meant to be walked through. May we not be people with closed minds. May we not be people that are standing, staring at doors that the Lord has ordered us to step through and in a loving way. And I believe that there are people today that you've come in this room and you've said, I know he ordered that to me years ago, time's up, he needs to show me some new doors because I'm too old for that or I'm too this for that or I've got all these kids now or whatever. But rather, no, my steps are ordered by the Lord and I will not be closed-minded and I will not stand judging a door. I'm stepping through and just asking the Lord, just as Scripture says, it says that he opens doors that no man can shut and he shuts doors that no man can open and I often find myself I'll just pray that Lord I thank you that you're opening doors that no man can shut make it clear may we be people that are open-minded and more than anything listening for his voice listening that will stop doing what he says to stop doing and start doing what he's called us to do the fourth thing is we are sharpened we are sharpened. And this one was funny because I was like, ah, Lord, the reality is we're all going to be sharpened, so it's not a matter of, is there an area you want to sharpen me, Lord? <laughs> like, it's not like that. There are areas, every area at some point or another of our lives that God will sharpen. But I would encourage you to ask him today, is there an area I'm resisting your sharpening? Where you're trying to sharpen me and I'm just resisting it because... Well, let's be frank. Who likes it, right? We don't like it. We don't like pruning. We don't like the hardship, but it's for our benefit. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, and we want to be sharp, but I believe that we want to be sharp without the friction, and I immediately thought about with my dad growing up, he would have these, I don't, I don't think it was really like a set time, it was just randomly maybe when all the knives in the kitchen were kind of getting dull, And he would take this little block and he would go through and just sharpen all the knives. That required friction. And in our lives, this friction, it's sharpening parts of us. And I believe that there's some in this room that even when I said that, that you you have felt more like the heartbreak, the hard has dulled you more than it's sharpened you. But it doesn't have to stay that way. Because... Even that hard stuff that you may feel right now has dulled you, God can still use to sharpen you. 
I know times in my life when I resisted the sharpening that was happening in my life and I allowed it to dull me, but God is so faithful to come, come into our situations, come into our lives and continue to sharpen. Christine Kane said it this way, anointing requires pruning, not pampering. May we quit being people that look for the areas that we can be pampered. And we, we are open to his pruning. We're open to his pruning. The reality is we cannot live a life without problems. But the good news is we serve a God that has promises that remain true even in the problems. Romans 15, 5, I'm only going to read a small section of the verse. May the God who gives endurance encouragement, because I felt like there was someone specifically today that you needed to be reminded it's God who gives you the endurance and encouragement, it's not you. And so stop trying to muster up your own endurance to run the race God set before you, but rather look to him to build that within you. I'm going to read you a story. (sighs) I hope it encourages you because it's just amazing to me on so many counts. But in 1952, a woman named Florence Chadwick decided to attempt a 26-mile swim between the California coastline and Catalina Island. During her swim, Chadwick traveled with the team whose job it was to keep an eye out for sharks and be prepared to assist in the event of unexpected cramps, injury, or fatigue. I don't know about you, but I'd be out if someone had to keep an eye out for sharks. Like, don't count me in for that. Roughly 15 hours into her swim, a thick fog began to set in, clouding Chadwick's vision and confidence. Her mother happened to be in one of the boats at the time as Chadwick relayed to her team. She didn't think she could complete the swim. She swam for another hour before deciding to call it quits. As she sat in the teetering boat, she discovered... If she just continued on for another mile, she would, have con- she would have reached Catalina Island. I cry every time I read the story. <laughs> the next year, she decided to try again. As the fog came once again, she continued to press through this time, finishing. And as people screamed for her, she thought it was only because she was finishing. But it was also because she was finishing two hours sooner than anyone had ever completed it. And I felt like a mandate from the Lord to come and remind somebody, you are closer than you think. And if you tried and you failed and you gave up, try again. Believe again. Listen for him. He is there to help. Maybe you're, you feel like you're, you're in the middle of that swim and you haven't given up. Then don't touch the boat. Don't give up. Keep going. What is in you will always take you further than what is on you, and the enemy will try to distract you from this. He will try to get you focused on your current problems, your circumstances, and your struggles. None of that can change what God has put in you. No matter what comes against you, you can determine to make every setback the foundation for a comeback, not a reason to quit. The reality is, is we do face many obstacles in life, and I believe that our biggest ones are often in our head, in our heart, our internal struggles. Rick Warren said it this way, you don't determine a person's greatness by their education, their appearance, or talents, but by what it takes to discourage them. I believe that there's a few things that we allow to discourage us, and number one is our feelings. The reality is they're real, but they aren't good foundation for decision-making. They will hijack our hope. Number two is insecurity. It always invites us to be someone that we're not. It will never invite us to be our best selves. And if we're not walking, if we're walking in insecurity, I believe that we're not, more than likely, not allowing Holy Spirit to love on us and speak to us, not allowing ourselves to spend time in his presence and let him remind us of who we are and whose we are. Not perfect, but called and chosen and in our quirks and in our weaknesses and in our, all our mess, he uses us and he calls us. And the other thing is our obstacles that often discourage us, but we can choose to see them as opportunities. We can choose to pivot into God's promises. 
Psalm 27.3 says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Someone in here when we were worshiping, I did not feel this in first service, but I felt it so strongly in here. There's someone in here that you have been overtaken by fear. And I don't know if it's in one area or if it's just all the way across, but the enemy has been just robbing from you because you've been allowing fear to rule and dictate your mind of what the future holds or what may not happen or what may happen. And I want to encourage you that even in that, that God sees you and he wants to just breathe peace over you today. He wants to help you. The last thing is you will soar. You will soar. Isaiah 40, 31, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I believe that there's some of you in here, you rolled your eyes when I read this. (laughs) Because you just feel completely weary and faint. But I believe that we often think our way into being weary. And some of you, even when I said that, you're like, no, you don't understand. I'm weary for real reasons, and I understand that too. But God wants to breathe life and hope and energy and strength into you today. I believe that we often work our way to being faint. That we work so hard trying to accomplish what we think God told us to do. And don't get me wrong, I do believe there's a part that we play, because I even said it, stop standing and start stepping, but that we're not trying to beat God and say, okay, God, you said this, so I'm going to make it happen. When he didn't tell you to go do all that, you're doing all that, and you're wearing yourself out. The reality is, is that when we soar, I think we often, I know for myself, this has been a verse that I memorized a long time ago as a kid, but almost saw soaring as no stumbling, you know, but... I think that even in the, the soaring is more about, Father, this is in your strength that I do this. This isn't in my own. And that when we release, when we surrender to him, he helps us see differently. When we release to him whatever, the, the hard things on our mind, the hard things in our life that we're facing, we'll soar. Things won't be perfect, but we will soar. The journey can be hard. We know that. We personally, you know, are currently walking through and have walked through, and you guys know that, but many hard things. But as much as is for you, and I told Gabriel this, and he reminded me, like, I feel like this, part, this message is partly for me today, that often he said when he's sharing something, it's for him too. God knows what we need, and, and I pray that we be people that see that we can soar through the power of Holy Spirit. When we live in the shadow of the cross, we soar. Our job is to believe. God's job is the miracle. And when our vision becomes clear, our vision can only become clear when we're spending time with the Lord, when we're seeking Him. But when our vision becomes clear, our decisions become easier. And some of us in here, our decisions are so hard to discern. Like, oh, I thought I was supposed to do that, and I thought, I was, and, I, and I'm. Don't get me wrong, we're going to mess up and we're going to get off sometimes. But when we're seeking him, he makes clear the vision for our family, the vision, the vision for whatever area of your life, your personal life, your work life, whatever. And it makes our decisions easier. We want to soar, though, without resistance. And the only way the eagle can soar is by flying to a place in the sky where it meets the resistance. Luke 8, 43 to 48 I believe that that woman with the issue of blood that we already, I already mentioned earlier, she was done. She had become done with living in the shadow of her sickness. She had become done with living in the shadow of everybody telling her what she could touch, where she couldn't go, what she couldn't do. And she said, I want to live in his shadow. And, and, and I know Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, but she knew his power was greater and I believe that some of us, we just we, we need to decide today the eviction notice is out for the enemy. I'm done. 
I'm done living in the shadow of what my mother said to me all those years growing up. I'm done living in the shadow of this sickness. I'm done living in the shadow of you name it. This unanswered prayer. But I am going to recognize that we have full access to the same power that that woman with the issue of blood, when she went to Jesus and touched the hem of his garment, we have full access to his power. Just the same as she did. His power is alive and well within each and every one of us. His power to heal brokenness. His power to heal unforgiveness. His power to to take the heaviness. His, his power to move mountains in your finances. He holds the power and we have full access to the power as his sons and daughters. Maybe you say that you've asked. And I understand how challenging that can be when you've asked, but I would encourage you to ask again. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, in the Amplified Version, it says, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. I would encourage you today, don't stop believing. Do not give up. If God shifts your heart's desires, and you can ask him today, do I need to shift my heart's desires? God, make my desires your desires. But if that desire in your heart doesn't change, then keep believing. Keep believing. Keep asking. God is faithful. Keep declaring. There are things in our life that we're like, Lord, we've asked you. Now we just declare in Jesus' name that it's done. It's finished. Philippians 3, 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's be people that are finishers. That we commit to finishing, not just starting, but we're going to finish. Maybe there's something the Lord asked you to do and you started it and it felt rough and you felt uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. I would encourage you to go back to it and finish. I'm going to ask the team to come the... They're going to do a dance for you today. And the song that the dance is to, it's called Eyes Locked on the King. And maybe some of you in here, as, as you watch this dance, this is really about relationship with him and the struggle of sometimes we push him away, maybe because of heart or hurt or whatever. But that I pray that even as they do this, that you will lean your heart into him that you will lock eyes with your heavenly father, that you will listen to the conviction that he's given you and obey and not fear the outcome, but trust him. Trust him.
I'm going to encourage you just to close your eyes. And imagine yourself just with, with your Heavenly Father. Are you ready to wave your white flag and surrender to Him? Maybe that one area, maybe all areas. Are you ready to step into the shadow of the cross? We're going to take a moment and we're just going to ask Holy Spirit to speak. And it's going to be silent. And for some of you, that's going to make you uncomfortable and that's okay. I would encourage you just to ask him, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me about today? With surrender, changing how you see. Some of you in here, there was a word that came forward, well, really for all of us, that God wants to sanctify our imagination. And I pray right now, in Jesus' name, that all of our imaginations are just wiped clean of what life has been, what illnesses have been, what, what words have been, and our imaginations will be just wiped clean for you, Holy Spirit, to lead, lead our imaginations. And we ask you to speak right now. Speak to hearts. Speak to minds. Let's just listen. you stand with me? This cross is empty because it's a sweet reminder that Jesus is no longer there. He's no longer hanging on the cross, but he's accomplished and it is finished. You have victory in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward and, and I want to ask you, are you tired of walking the same way? It's time to step out of whatever you've been walking in that's not fully following and step into the shadow of the cross. When we step into the shadow of the cross, we step into anointing. When we step into the shadow of the cross, we step into authority. It's time for someone in here to step out of shame and step into freedom. It's time for us as followers of Jesus to make what he did on the cross greater than anything that is happening to us right now. It is time for us as followers of Jesus to make what he did greater than what anyone has done to us and choose to forgive today. May we be finishers, not just starters. May we stop doing the things that you, Holy Spirit, have convicted us of and just obey, knowing it's for a benefit. May we prioritize time with you. May we prioritize what you've called us to, knowing it's for our benefit. May we not just be people that desire your benefits and not listen to your instructions. Father, awaken our imaginations today to see miracles. Awaken our imaginations today to see you. You and your love and your kindness. Not forgetting about us. Not punishing us. That mindsets that think that, that this, this hard that they're walking through is punishment. Father, I pray, Lord, that you help them see truth. May we not be followers of you that desire pampering and not pruning. Father, we want to hear you. We want to be led by you. We want to be world changers that are transformed in and through you. Have your way. I pray, Lord, for courage as people come forward, Father, to agree, God, because we know where two or three are gathered, you are in the midst. And whether it's one thing or multiple things, Lord, that they need to lay in the shadow of the cross, that they will do so. I kept getting this visual of like a child that holds a wound 
when they get hurt. I have four, but it was funny because I specifically saw our, our youngest son. And they, they hold a wound and they say, don't touch it. Oh, it hurts so bad. But as a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, you know that if they let you touch it, it gets better. And somebody in here, you've been holding on to this wound and telling the Lord how much it hurts. And he says, let me touch it. Let me help you. Let me heal you. God cares about your loved one more than you do. As hard as that is to imagine. Lay them in the shadow of the cross. God cares about your marriage and your finances and your need for a job or your need for whatever it is more than you do. Lay it in the shadow of the cross. God knows everything that you've already told him. And I think so often we're like, I mean, there's so many in the Bible that they spent their time telling God what they want. I can't speak. I can't do this. I'm weak and unable. As if God doesn't already know. God knows who you are. Someone in here, you need to quit beating yourself up for who you're not. You've ran it through your head so many times of who you're not. Who you're not as a spouse, who you're not at work, who you're not, and all the ways that you feel like you're failing. And I believe that in here, he just wants to remind you that is not what he said about you. That's what you said. That's what the enemy is trying to tell you. So you take a deep breath and you let him love on you. I would encourage you, don't stay in your seat. Be like the woman with the issue of blood and say, I'm done living in this shadow. I'm done walking in the shadow and I'm laying it in the shadow of the cross and allow these people to agree with you, to pray over you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the God who sees. You are the God who hears. You are our God that loves. I pray, Lord, that you draw each and every man or woman or child under the sound of my voice that needs to come forward and just agree in prayer. Could they pray to you? Yes. But God, in agreement with others, there is power in that. And I pray, Lord, that we be people that wave our white flags and surrender to you today fully and completely. In Jesus' name.